This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Babes Listen. You're joined by your hosts, Nat and Jess. Two fitness professionals from New Zealand authentically talking everything health and wellness. You're welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Another week, another time of your favourite podcast of about 50-something minutes. And we're excited because it's my favourite time of the week too. How are you, it Jess? It is. It is. Yeah, I was just thinking on my way here because I was quite rushed, as mm-hmm. you know, because I was late. Um, I need this. This okay. is so good for my for my soul. Tell me more. <laughs> it's so good for my soul in terms of... Um, my well-being and just because I get to catch up with you Mm. and at the moment my work is like so 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 hectic Mm. and I'm studying so I have like lots of meltdowns and sometimes I text you (laughs) (laughs) but you really cheered me up last week (laughs) when I was having meltdowns no it's fine I'm just um, but I, I was just thinking on the way here I was like because my I feel like my days are quite frantic it's so nice to come in here and just like chat and mm. just like, you know, even though I talk most of the day, it feels like I get, I get to just chat in an informal way. Mm. What about you? What do you like about me? <laughs> <laughs> Give me so, stuff. So <laughs> um, I've recognised that Nash is feeling a little bit volny, and, um, but that's okay. Maybe we can explore that either in the podcast or we can just chat later. Um, but I hope you're okay. Oh, no, I am good. Like, you're I good. Am good. Yes, yes. Like the, this is purely the fact that I'm... If I'm bringing frantic energy, it's just because I feel like I'm so busy. Mm. Yeah. Well, like we talked about last week, it is a lot to be doing full-time work and study on top of that. Yeah, and the thing is I'm not really doing the study, and that's what freaks me out. Okay. Like I'm doing the class, but I'm not doing that much on top of okay. that. Okay, and you're and also, me. yeah, because you're not a procrastinator, so you're not someone who would yeah, naturally kind of put it off. Oh, right. Yeah, I just don't feel like I've had the time. Mm. I had my hens do, did the strip. Well, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> but was first, I want to hear about stripping. you too, though. Should I go through that? Okay. I think go through, um, like, listen, no one wants to hear about my week. They want to hear how your stripping <laughs> no, event no, went. They want to hear about yours. Uh, the stripping was great. Honestly, I think it was everybody's highlight, including mm. the hen. Um, I think she said that, so I'll just pass that on. Before I, I posted that video of me saying that, I did send it to the hen, Mary, and say, is this okay? And she was like, hell yeah, Pippa's a genius, because she is. Yeah. But it was so good. Like it, um, like I said last week, it wasn't like proper stripping. Like It's not like we were actually getting naked, but it was just so much fun. We made her think that it was men coming, and I think she she specifically requested not to get strippers. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like going around the girls and being like, okay, just kind of tell her to like, you know, start getting ready. You know, like, I make sure do you want to get changed or anything you know like don't, just to let, just to give you a heads up and I said to her I think I said to her just a heads up you might want to drink just a little bit more 
before this next phase. Like I just thought, I just wanted to figure out. A and was bit. she because Mary is such a good sport? She is such a good even sport. though she had specified that she didn't I want think strippers. She, yeah, I think she had. I'm not too sure because I'm not in the bridal party, but I have a feeling she did specify. But I feel like she wouldn't be the type of person to go. Excuse me. No, she wasn't. She's was yeah. like, oh, yeah, okay, sweet. Good sport. <laughs> she's such a good sport. Honestly, she's amazing. Yeah. So we so we ended up we went and got ready. So there was about five of us or six of us. We went and got ready and just um, got her to sit on this. It was just like a chair, but it looked like a throne pretty much. Like it was just a major chair and um, like giving like main character energy in a movie. And so we just had like backwards caps on, white singlet, boxes, like men's boxes. And then we like drew abs on our tummy. Amazing. <laughs> we drew like mo's on our faces. And she said for probably the first, oh, and then so we went around the back and just banged on the door, the front door, like really loud. And she said for probably, because we all came out and kind of looking down and holding down our hats, because we had them at the front. She said for like the first 10 seconds she thought we were guys. Like, how brilliant is that? Like, that's Such so a good. good idea. So then we went around and we were um, we were dancing to uh, Magic Mike. Yes, You know okay. that song? Yeah, so <laughs> good, eh? Nico is cracking up. Yeah, so and we basically just like all went into a line. I don't know if you want me to be that descriptive, but I think I'm, I'm quite proud of that Well, moment. my question is definitely was it choreographed or not? A little bit. So okay. we did practice in the bedroom beforehand, like probably like five minutes before. Wow. But each of us had an idea of what we're going to do. So what we did is we went into a line and then we each did our own move one at a time on her. You yeah. know, so whether yeah. it was like taking your top off and then like just grabbing her head and put it into your desk or something like that. <laughs> Sorry, when does this get air? What time? Not when kids are going to school, I hope. No, because um, you swore too much and we got moved. <laughs> so you're good. Sweet. Um, yeah, so we each had a turn. So so we each had our own move, and then we just were dancing. Okay, yeah. so what was your signature move? So Nat the me, stripper. Nat the stripper. Nat do you want the stripper. I mean, yes. it's not that interesting. Like, the one I did, I don't think is that great. Like, the other girls were incredible. <laughs> okay, what did you do? So what I did is I just kind of walked towards her, like, lifting my top up in quite a sexual kind of way. Yes. And then I put my leg onto the side <laughs> of the chair, grabbed her head, <laughs> gently though, I was kind, and pretended to hump her. Okay. <laughs> That's Nat's signature stripper move. I feel like it's something we should <laughs> it was all a bit have. Improv. You know what I mean? So hot right now. Like we should kind of all have. Um, uh, yes, great question, Nico. <laughs> Nico, <laughs> Nico <you> just. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your stripper name? Well, do you know what? We didn't have them, but I feel like yeah, that's a good point. We should have. I'll get back to you on that. Because you know your, um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but you know your, uh, either your stripper name or your porn name or something like that is like your first pet and the name of the street that you lived on growing up. So like, for example, my stripper name would be Tattoo Selwyn. What's your first pet tattoo? (laughs) I didn't name it. My brother did. (laughs) Was it a cat? Yeah, it was. Do you know what? Why? Well, no. <laughs> it do you took know a what? Second to reply Sorry, oh, no. But I was just thinking about what was the first pet that I had that I named, and it was Mary. Mary okay. Selwyn. So that's our middle name, sis, or Marie. Marie, close yeah. enough, close enough. Um, but you know this cat that we had, right? 
I like so I grew up on a farm. I actually think the cat was feral. Like it oh. was, it was not. It wasn't a very well domesticated cat. Like it was, it was psycho. Like, like in what, what way? Like did it hurt you? Uh, yeah, like it would, <laughs> like it kind of attack you, and you couldn't really pet it. So I think oh I honestly think it'd been just kind of found out on the farm, and I think it was feral. Interesting anyway. that you don't know the the like history of it. That's so interesting. It was just a random found kitten somewhere, <laughs> I believe. That or it just Aww. really didn't like us. Maybe. Some cats are like that. Some cats are mm. like that. My cat yeah. is very chatty. She likes us too much and it's kind of annoying because I was like, if I wanted something that needy, I would have got a dog. <laughs> what was your stripper name? So mine will be French, but I can translate. So my... Tell us in French and then translate. Okay, so the name in French would be Soleil Eglise. <laughs> it doesn't sound very cool. Soleil means sun, and that was my my pet bird. Yes. Yeah. And I hate Nat has, yeah, yeah, she's like got yeah. phobic level disdain for birds. Yeah. And you, I didn't know it back then. Well, like we, like if we sit outside to have coffee and there's a bird anywhere, which often happens because they fly in the sky, <laughs> she freaks out. Now, honestly, if it gets within 100 metres, she's like, okay. Maybe not. A, okay, all right, not a She's not a fan of birds. <laughs> yeah, so, but I wasn't a fan then either, but I thought, like, I didn't I didn't know that I had a phobia. So I remember just, like, sometimes, <laughs> Chris is cracking up, sometimes we let the birds out of their cages and I just physically could not. Yeah, yeah, because we had a really high ceiling, like, it was really old home really really high ceiling and I used to like physically not be able to be in the room like I'd just be like I love you bird oh my yeah and then sometimes mum would be like oh we need to get the birds back in and sometimes I don't know maybe they didn't get back in I phys- like there's no way I could touch it and they'd be like my mum or my brother I think they probably um, did it but they'd be like come on and I was like I'm gonna vomit but I love my bird but I'm gonna vomit <laughs> But I love you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I thought I. Yeah. Do you think that's where the fear came from? So, like, nothing happened with the bird. No, nothing happened. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think anything started it. I think I've always had it in my body that I. I can't stand the fact that they're so unpredictable. Yeah. And that they can like. I've. I think when I was young, then I used to think about it going into my hair and getting. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> the thought of it, oh my goodness, does that make you want to die a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't have. I, I don't have a phobia like you do about birds, but we have spoke about this quite a lot, and um, we were chatting about magpies not that long ago, right? <laughs> and I shared that um, an ex-boyfriend of mine um, <laughs> had a pet magpie that he'd kind of nursed, I think, since it was young. And um, so magpies apparently are very, very loyal to the to the person that's kind of, not the person, but like whoever's kind of raised them, I guess. And any time I would come over to visit my boyfriend, this magpie had it in for me. Like it would swoop <laughs> at me. I remember sitting at the dinner table at his family's home and like this just magpie just would not leave me alone. It was, it was jealous. absolutely terrifying. It was terrifying. See, no, that's a deal breaker, right? Well, there were a lot of deal breakers. That was, that was one of a thousand. A lot of red flags yeah. in that relationship. A lot of red flags. Um, so, uh, sorry, did you translate your stripper name? Oh, no, name? so uh, Sun is Soleil. So Soleil is mm-hmm. Sun. And the um, street name was Eglise, which is church. Sun Church. Lived, yeah. 
Sun Church the Stripper. I don't think that sounds cool. I don't. In any yeah, kind of way. I think you might might need to I rebrand. I think tattoo Selwyn doesn't sound cool either. Actually, <laughs> tattoo kind of sounds tattoo cool. Tattoo does, but not Selwyn. Like, sorry, but come on. Tattoo Selwyn sounds like a male stripper's name. It might not work for me, mm. but um, anyway, from strippers to to you, can we just because I don't want to just hear about me. Uh, well, there's not much. Catch up with there's you. there's not much to report really, other than I mentioned last time I was going into a weekend of writing essays, and that yes. is pretty much my weekend was writing three one thousand word essays, which I managed to get finished. Thank goodness. Well and then, done. Um, yeah, and then um, Greg arrived. Uh, he's been away a lot, but um, he was in Japan with the Blues rugby team, and so he arrived back, um, came back for, you know, sort of a um, couple of days and then went off again. But we decided, mm-hmm. because he was gone for Valentine's Day, we decided to kind of do like a day early Valentine's Day. And um, so that was... You know, that's it was nice kind of idea. nice. Yeah. yeah. Did you celebrate Valentine's Day? No, because Essie's birthday is the next day. Right. So we don't typically, like we say it, but no, not really, no. Yeah. So Essie's birthday is the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So um, because there's only so much celebrating you can do? Um, oh, just because I find, well, we find the birthday is more important. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know about you, Nico. Like, it, is it is it important do you celebrate Valentine's Day? Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, usually I just, I don't know, I get a chocolate and I receive mm. a chocolate. Mm. I got a plant this year, mm. which uh, I got oh, a lot of praise nice for. Yeah, she was pretty happy. Mm. She was hinting at this plant for like a week. <laughs> okay, good. So like two She's days smart. before Valentine's Day, I was like, yeah. maybe maybe she wants me to get this plant. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so, good job on picking up on that. Yeah, she well was done. quite blunt and she's like, yeah, it's only like $25 at this order right here, which I think you could make it if you finish work early that day. And I was like, oh. Ah, I think uh, that's not a hint. Yeah, I that's think getting that's, past the hint stage. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a direction. <laughs> that's like a to-do list kind of. Um, but smart move because no one wants gifts that they don't actually want. No. I do like, I do like the idea of Valentine's Day. Like I'm not against it at all if mm-hmm. that's what came across there. Mm, I think no. it's a nice idea to like an event to do something mm. with your partner. But um, the reason that's the only reason why we don't celebrate it is because I put more if well, we put more inf- emphasis on Essie's birthday. But then again, when we talk about um, Christmas, they're equally important because my birthday is the day mm. after Christmas. But yeah, no. Anyway, so his birthday. I just and I also typically like Christmas period is. He makes it all about me, and he's always very kind in that. Yeah, so I feel like I needed, to, I, I wanted to be more about him. Kind of sensitive to yeah, having a, yeah. having a birthday so close to, yeah. um, you know, sort of a, a public event or mm. public holiday. Not a public holiday. So do you public get celebration. presents? Do you two get presents for each other? Yeah, small things. Nice. But it, it didn't really start out like that in the beginning. I made the mistake, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I made the mistake when I first started seeing Greg because I had uh, historically had relationships with guys who um, made quite big, um, what do you call Gestures. it? Gestures. Romantic gestures, right? But then they weren't particularly reliable. Mm. They weren't actually that nice to me. But they, you know, like 
uh, like I've received poetry, for example, from someone who actually wasn't that nice to me. You know, so when I met Greg, I said to him, I do not want romantic gestures. Like, don't ever bother getting me flowers. Mm. I want someone, not I want something, someone, but like, it's more important that, um, you know, you're loyal and reliable. Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of, because I felt like I kind of had that fluff before and I just yeah. didn't really want it. Um, you know, and then probably 10 years into the relationship, I was like, why do you never buy the flowers? <laughs> Like, what is wrong with you? I don't think you've ever. And he was like, um, you, you don't told even me, love me. <laughs> you told me not to buy you flowers. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, do you remember when? And I was like, oh, well, do you know what? Um, so, now that you've got a really good track record on being yeah, loyal, yeah, maybe star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind, of, I kind of had to explain it was, you know, like if I had to choose between the two. Um, but what I'll do now is I'll just demand both of those things from you. So. Um, I think he, I mean, he likes a challenge. Uh, you, do you know well, what I mean? Yeah. Like he likes to be keep, kept on edge in that way. So, um, yeah, kind of like small things. Like he, he got me flowers. I got him like chocolates and we get a card. And so um, he knows that my love language is affirmation. So it's his opportunity to mm. write something nice in the hope that I won't ask him for any kind of like Extra. kind words for at least another six months. <laughs> Six Well, months? my birthday is in July, so he feels like he can right. kind of get it through till, till July. Oh, yeah. So, Pretty good plan. Um, yeah, but um, romance. Uh, the, other, the other kind of celebration that happens on Valentine's Day, which I think is quite good, mm. is that if you are not in a relationship, you can celebrate Galentine's Day. Yeah, Do you know that. about this, Nico? Galentine's Day. Like going out with your friends? Going out with your girlfriends, specifically your girlfriends. I don't know if guys kind of do this, but... Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I've done it in the past. Where, Have you? Yeah. That's um, cool. Back in high school, I uh, used to just hang out with my friends because it's February, so we're kind of mm. like on school, but not really. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the beginning. Mm. So we would go out for like a skate, get a, I don't know, an ice cream and then just keep skating, fall off and then go home. Keep it romantic. Keep Super romantic. romantic with the guys. Super romantic. <laughs> That's kind of what I said um, most of the day yesterday to people, mm. especially because I feel like I'm sensitive to people that might be um, single. Yeah. It's not a, a shit day I mean, it's, it's, not a nice, it's not a nice day that there's, you know, the celebration, I guess, of like a coupling if yeah. you're not in a couple. Yeah. You know, in that way you're kind of like kept out of the celebration. A whole event. Yeah, that's not cool. So Galentine's, great idea. You know, if I'm single in the future, I'll be organising something. You're not going to be single. But anyway, should we move on? Yeah. So um, anyway, on to the topic of today, because we got a little bit sidetracked, but I like it. Uh, last week, we spoke a lot about uh, sort of where we were at with exercise, and you shared that you're not teaching group fitness anymore, and just the... Um, joy of being able to move our bodies in a way that felt good to us on that day and that that's quite different than when you're working in the fitness industry and you're kind yeah. of signed up for teach, teaching particular classes every week. Yeah. Quite a different thing. So it sort of got us thinking about this connection then between, you know, sort of like 
your mind and your body and sort of like how you're feeling on that day and what your body needs. And so just to dive into the mind-body connection so we know what we're talking about, uh, this is the link between a person's thoughts, attitudes and behaviours and their physical health. And traditionally, the field of medicine has treated the physical body as entirely separate from the uh, from emotional experiences. And while it's true that some things like breaking a bone, completely physical, yep. the more kind of chronic um, sort of illnesses and conditions, that's not as clear that that has just a physical component to it. That stuff that might be happening with the mind, like stress, can contribute mm. to that. So some examples of sort of like a chronic um, illness or chronic challenges that could be, uh, you know, um, impacted by stress are gastrointestinal disorders, so like your IBS kind of stuff, uh, sleep problems, high blood pressure, and chronic pain. What are your thoughts on this, Nat? I think when you have something that's happening that can't be explained is the worst. Mm. You know, like when you go and you've so I've had so I had IBS for a long time and I remember I was going like I went to I think I went to ED twice because of it cuz I it was really really painful and I think I thought that some what's that oh my appendix had burst, and but there was nothing we, that could be explained apart from the fact that I needed to change what I was eating. But I also think it was um, a mixture of stress as well, you know. So when that happens, when you literally go to ED, you're like, I am in bits, like I feel like I'm going to die. And, you know, they're kind of like, oh, rest, mm. you know. Nothing, nothing that's their fault at all, but that's mm. the worst feeling when there's not an explanation that can just be like, hey, you've actually got a broken bone mm. and here's what you need to do. It's going to take six weeks to heal mm. and then you'll be able to do this, this and this and for it to be structured. you know what I mean? When they said rest to you, was oh, that an acknowledgement? Yeah. So yeah, there, I think there was, yeah. I think there was. I can't remember exactly. Like this is in my like first year of working so first year out of uni because I remember it vividly where I was living and stuff. Mm. Um, and I remember talking to a colleague at work about the fact that my stomach had major issues and I couldn't understand why. And I was mm. like cutting out heaps of different foods. And like it got to the point where I was eating just bland food to mm. try and figure it out. Um, and in time it got better. And I felt like maybe I like somehow healed my stomach with kind of stripping it all back, and then I kind of put things back really, really slowly, like mm. a, like things like gluten and stuff. Whereas now I don't get things quite as extreme, but I can, I can, I get heartburn mostly now if I can feel something that that my my body didn't really enjoy. Okay, you know, but it's nowhere near as extreme. But yeah, there was acknowledgement from mm. like I don't I don't remember being like, do they think I'm crazy? I don't remember mm. thinking that at all because I think they could see how much pain I was in. But it was more the fact that it wasn't like no, your like your appendix is fine, everything's fine. We've checked mm. this, we've checked that. You know, mm. yeah, confusing to not know the Have source you had of. Like that? 
Uh, well, I was just saying to Nico earlier that um, the do you remember that rash that I had? I've talked about it on yes, the podcast yes, yes, already. Yeah. But that that rash is probably the most recent thing that I've had, and that was that was really um, fun. And I, as I was saying to Nico, it was um, just before something was about to come out in the media about um, a, you know kind of all blacks related stuff, and we'd been given a heads up that it was coming out in the media, and coming leading up to that time I got this rash that was um was so itchy and so painful and went to the doctor and yeah there was they they had no sort of explanation for it and I remember I had an appointment with Amy my psychologist maybe that week or the week after and um kind of talked about that just that sort of potential link to stress and that sort of made a lot of sense to me actually Remember when I had that skin, that face skin yes. condi- condition? Yes. That was really, really bad. But it was like, obviously, it wasn't all because of stress. It was definitely a reaction that was happening. But it was at its worst. Mm. Oh, maybe not quite at its worst. I think so. It was, it went really, really bad after the wedding. But then the stalker came into the picture. And then it was just so, so bad. And I remember, like, I couldn't sleep all night because it was so itchy. And the reason why I think a little bit of it was stress-induced was because when I... So I was seeing a dermatologist and they were kind of like, look, we've tried everything. There's nothing else I can really do for you. And I remember thinking, this is going to be me for the rest of my life. I'd rather not be around if that's the case. Like, it was like it was so, so uncomfortable and so extreme. I looked like a different person. Like, mm. let's, let's be real. But then I went and saw this other dermatologist, and I just remember that day him saying, I can, I promise we're going to get your skin back, back to how it was, but it might just take a year or two. Mm. And that's all I needed to hear. Like, mm. I just remember, so I just need to clear my throat. Not, I'm not crying or anything, don't worry. Um, but that, it just that one kind of sentence I remember was just such a relief off my shoulders. That night was the very first night I had a full night's sleep. There you go. And I wasn't itching the <laughs> yeah, hell out of it. There you go. I like mean, it, it still took a whole year to heal. So I don't think the whole thing was stress induced, but the the intensity, like mm. the fact that it was so extreme, I mm. think was the fact that I was fearing for my life. And you could explain that away as coincidence. Maybe, yeah, that's true. You could. But that is quite a coincidence that on the day that you're told that actually there is hope that yeah. things will change and it'll get better, that that's the first time you sleep through the night and it's not... Like in weeks. Insanely, yeah. you know, insanely itchy. That, you know, because the, the the rash that I had, no no fun. Like, really no, no. fun. But I, I you couldn't see it. I think it was during winter, so I was wearing kind of long sleeves and stuff. Yeah. So um, I just remember when you were going through that time, it was just so heartbreaking to Aww, see because you're such a good friend because you know the thing is that um you you could see it oh like like if there's no chance that anybody didn't see it yeah like it was so bad that people in the street would kind of you know when you know, like I've never had something and I'm very grateful for this. And I think I feel for a lot of people with, I guess, disability mm. and not that this was to that extreme at all. Mm. Like I don't want to discount how they feel. But, you know, it was so bad that people were kind of like 
bad enough people that don't know you to kind of look at you like, what's wrong with her? Mm. And noticing that you're different. Yeah, that I was, was yeah, 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 that was, um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me as a friend, I, I got used to it, so I didn't yeah. see it anymore because I just kind of got used to it. You're so sweet. Um, but the fact that you could feel it must have been incredibly um, distracting. So, what does the science say about this mm. mind-body connection? Right? Is it just Hippy dippy, or have we got some research <laughs> that kind of supports it? Um, the whole mind body thing, once thought of as a fringe science, research into this entered the mainstream only about 30 years ago uh, with the finding that women who had breast cancer, those that participated in group mindfulness therapy had less pain, wow. improved quality of life, and even lived longer than women who received traditional medical care only. That's fascinating. That's very interesting. So we're looking at kind of group mindfulness uh, therapy. 30 years ago. Only 30 years ago. That's my age. That's not that long ago because I'm really, really young. Really young. (laughs) Really young. Um, So fast forward to now and we've got scientific studies that are constantly revealing that the hormones and neurotransmitters, those are the chemical messengers um, associated with emotion, can also have physical effects. So what's going on in your brain has, uh, you know, kind of a physical expression in your body. So that's the sort of, that's the mind to body connection, right? But what about the body to mind connection? So stuff happening in our body that affects maybe how we feel, you know. um, So because emotions manifest in the body as physical sensations, it follows that physical sensations can produce corresponding emotions. So here's an example of that, right? It's a cold day and you wrap a blanket around you, the physical change is that your body feels warm, but the wrapping of the blanket also has an effect on your emotions in terms of making you feel safe Mm. and secure. So I think that's quite a nice kind of um, example of that, right? Yeah, yeah. We can vary um, sort of in what is termed as body intelligence, so that ability to kind of be able to connect and know what's happening in our bodies. And um, it's something called body intelligence, and it's a psychological method that highlights the importance of recognising body sensations as a way to improve health. And there are three parts to it. So the first is body awareness. Second up is body knowledge. And then we've got body engagement. And I'll kind of chat through those three different things. But have you ever heard of that term before? I've definitely heard of, sorry, I don't know what it is, but I've got saliva stuck in my throat. (laughs) That's hot. Good body awareness. (laughs) That was just about to say, I've definitely heard of body awareness. Yeah. And I think it's extremely important. Yes. You know, like I don't know in what I'm sure you're going to go in a much more intelligent way than me right now. But just being body aware, you know, I think we take it for granted when you are body aware. And it's probably something Mm. that you learn um, as you get older. But even like I still see a lot of adults now that are just so not aware, you know, I think probably working in the fitness industry yeah. that's helped 
me and probably you too a lot mm. in being body aware, but I think we take it for granted. Mm. What we're, you? Yeah, well, we're a very, the industry, fitness industry yeah. is very focused on obviously on the sensations that you're feeling in your body, being able to um, move your body as Mm. well. So having that sort of kinesthetic uh, intelligence as well and proprioception, which is knowing where your body is in space, even when you can't see it. Uh, So those definitely develop. I wonder though, it's quite interesting with the fitness industry, I think, or if you are someone who you know, trains a lot is there's the the sort of overriding of sometimes um, messages around pain yeah, and well, discomfort. I into that. Yeah, 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 and I think so, so. I think in some ways things are heightened in terms yeah. of awareness, and in other ways I feel like we can kind of we're just so trained sometimes to push through that we can ignore. Yeah communication from our bodies that are actually telling us to stop and rest. Yeah, so there's definitely like blurred lines, hey. But I also think because we are used to the pain and used to doing that kind of exercise regularly, we can feel when there's something different that Mm. doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, like I think I've had clients before where they've – maybe freaked out because their, I don't know, their arms were really sore from a workout that Mm. we did. And then that's like, you know, kind of explaining that it's normal to get that kind of soreness Mm. and then telling them how long it should be when things are there. And if it's just one side, not the other, then that's maybe not a good sign. But if it's both sides, then that's probably just DOMS, Mm. delayed onset muscle soreness. But I think we, we've we got the ability, like, you know, when you hurt your hip, mm-hmm. when you tore your hip, mm-hmm. you just knew that it was deep. Yeah, straight away. Yeah. 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 Like you knew that it was not muscular. Mm-hmm. It's deep in there. Mm-hmm. And and so did I. And I think that's because we've we've got that kind of awareness that not, this pain doesn't feel like the type of pain that I get every single week. Mm. It's not even like fatigue from, like, it's not even like a tendon. Like mm. it feels deep. Like this could be bone or cartilage. Yeah, this you know? is joint related. This yeah. isn't soft tissue. It's not muscular. Yeah. It's not a strain. It is there is something happening at the joint level which is not feeling good. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like for a lot of people when they start training, uh, DOMS can really put people off. Yeah. You know, that just that actually that muscle soreness, which is really normal mm. and actually unfortunately you can't really escape it when you first start training. Like anything you do training is going to, yeah. you know, make your muscles a little bit sore. To interpret that as pain, don't go back. Yes, yeah. Is not so helpful. Yeah, and I guess because they're not used to being in pain and typically mm. we're told that that's not a good thing. But also sometimes I wonder how extreme it might be for them. Like mm. maybe maybe the pain threshold is a bit lower, but sometimes I'm like, geez, maybe you're maybe this is quite extreme. Like you've pushed too hard in your first session. Mm. Like you know when somebody does like a class like the likes of body pump, mm. that's like five minutes on mm. one muscle group. Mm. That's just a bit too much for somebody that's brand new. That's why they say if you do half the class, yeah, um, and they call it smart start, then you're better off, and then slowly build up to a full class. Yeah, it's for that reason because I think it's just 
actually quite a lot of load for someone that's brand new. Well, it is like I wouldn't go back and do a body pump class now. Well, I would. I would. I think <laughs> like I would go back much. to feeling brand new because, yeah. like my body would feel exactly how I think people would feel when maybe not exactly the same, but yeah. you know, like I think I would get extreme soreness from it now yeah. if I did it. Yeah, because yeah, it's it just is not conditioned long. in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about um, body awareness as the first of the three components that make up something called body intelligence. And this is what scientists call interoceptive awareness. And it's the ability to notice the internal sensations of the body, such as noticing your heartbeat, breath, digestive symptoms, pain and pressure. So that's kind of interesting. So here are some ways to check in with what your body is communicating to you. And you're welcome to do this at home. <laughs> uh, okay, so first up, we're going to start with breath. So start to notice which part of your body moves the most when you inhale and exhale. Did you notice? Well, I just rose my shoulders. Is that what you're about to say? So Nat's shoulders move the most when she inhales Well, and just exhales. then, when I did a big one, it definitely did this. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Nico? Shoulders? Uh, my chest. Chest. It inflates. Nice. Okay. And how fast or slow um, are you breathing? Normal. Normal. Average. I think mine is a little bit shallower than it needs to be. Okay. That's why I'm doing big size. <laughs> Could be because we're recording the podcast, possibly. Yeah. Um, so upper chest, shallow or fast breathing generally undermines well-being, but you can gradually adjust your breath with practice. So um, in yoga, we kind of talk about belly breathing or um, in Pilates, in some yoga, you talk about lateral breathing. Lateral breathing would be breathing into the sides and the back of your ribs. And belly breathing is when your belly pushes out on the in-breath. So it just takes the inhale from stopping at kind of the area of the chest down to more of the bottom of the lungs, so it pushes down the diaphragm. That's re- it's a really good way to get oxygen around yeah. your body. It's also a really good way if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or panicked is to really focus on that belly breath to kind of calm uh, yourself down as well. So um, tips yeah, and tricks. Definitely don't underestimate a belly breath, hey, like that helps so much when you're stress or when yep. you're about to go into something that's stressful, like a presentation or an interview. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend. Deep, deep breath. Uh, next up, noticing muscle tension. So bring your awareness to one part of your body. So you might choose your neck, your shoulders, your jaw or your forearms and notice how relaxed or tight your muscles feel. Me? Yep. <laughs> Which part of your body are you noticing? I was just trying to think about that. I don't feel like I've got much tightness anywhere right now. Amazing. I think my hands are, like, definitely doing a bit of this. Oh, yeah, You yeah. know, like, clenching a little bit. But um, apart from that, not really. What about you? Uh... I, well, jaw was first up that I read, was it? No, neck was. Um, I don't know, jaw jumped out for me. Um, I have noticed the left side, my jaw has been a little bit, a little bit tight. I'm someone, if I get stressed, I feel it in my jaw and my neck. Oh, really? Yeah, really, like really badly. Um, You were talking about migraines 
before, right? So um, if you don't mind me sharing, we can cut it off. You don't, Nico. (laughs) But you know that when you get really stressed, you're someone who kind of experiences migraines. I get migraines, yeah. Um, Or like pain in the eyes before the migraine starts, just um, like ache. On the yep. eyes, yeah. Yep. And you, for you, maybe kind of IBS type stuff? Yeah, not anymore, but I do get um, tension in my neck. Right. Like I get that quite often. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Either of you get the jaw stuff? No. Not the jaw. Yeah, I'm an intense jaw person. is too, though. Yeah. Mm. He gets his jaw, um, like his cheeks massage sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I grind my teeth as well sometimes overnight, but that's a little bit of oversharing for me. Anyway, so oversharing we've shared a lot worse. We've shared a lot worse. Um, <laughs> so when when you kind of focus on a part of your body, noticing is it tense, and if it is, maybe looking at some kind of stretches and stuff that you can do to um, to reduce that. Hunger is another one that's good to notice. So the next time you go to eat, check. Are you truly physically hungry? What sensations tell you that this urge to eat is physical? Is it a rumbling stomach, a drop in energy, rather than emotional? I'm sorry. (laughs) But (laughs) nighttime for me is purely emotional eating. Mm. I I don't have an actual hunger for chocolate. It you is. Do it night? <laughs> <laughs> I have an emotional need for chocolate in the evening. Um, yeah, for me, I if I'm stressed, yeah, hundred percent emotional eating. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes, but like the fact that you're aware of it, I think is quite good. Like it's you know, oh, like I it's only wasn't. human. It's a head yeah. wreck. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, because often, like, I'm aware of it every single time that I yeah, do. Yeah, it. it's a head yeah. wreck. Like, how nice. Like, you're eating right now because you're emotional. Yeah. You failure. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, but how. You're so rude to ourselves. Yeah, brutal, right? Yeah. And, you know, kind of side note, though, Nat and I talk about this quite honestly, yeah, we do, yeah. you know, in our friendship is that, and it is, um, you know, because that emotional eating can be loaded with so much guilt and shame. Yeah. And actually talking to someone about it, what you will find is that uh, a lot of people actually struggle a little bit with this, you know, yeah. sort of emotional eating and then beating yourself up for feeling yeah. so bad about it. Um, so talking about it definitely reduces the shame, which is quite helpful. It does. Like, it's actually so nice to feel that you're not alone because at the time you feel like you're alone and you're the only one doing it. There's actually been a couple moments the last maybe two or three weeks I've been like, I need to text Jess and be like, just so you know, I'm binging right now. <laughs> oh, why didn't you? I just didn't think of it. Like, I, did, I, I thought of it, but I did. I was doing something and then I forgot, but I should have. I really should have. And I definitely will next time because I was like, well, but then again, sometimes I'm like, is this really what you want to hear? You know, like you've got your own things to deal with. What if like, what if you're like, oh, I don't want to know this right now. You know what I mean? Have we met? Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) Bring me your emotional problems. No, yes, but I just don't want anything to be like, I don't know, like, to start something with you and trigger something. You know, if we'd be like, oh, she's binging. Yeah, actually, um, I'm emotional too, so I'm going to start now. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I probably thought about that at the time too, where I was like, 
don't be a dick. No, but that <laughs> normalizes it, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. You know, like that's the point is that in order to reduce the shame and the guilt around it is to normalize it. Yeah. You know? And I think that we have worked in an industry which also has had this sort of, um, you know, component around sort of nutrition and, uh, you know, how your body looks and things like that. Mm. So there's this heightened awareness of eating healthy and this kind of expectation that we do. And so yeah. it makes sense that when we do what we believe is not healthy eating, that it would be complex in terms of kind of the feelings around that. Yeah. yeah. That's you know. the same atmosphere, better. <laughs> See, wouldn't it nice wouldn't it, like wouldn't it be so nice to just be so ignorant about that? To not like yeah. do you know what I mean? Like to just be like, I just felt like two bags of family sized <laughs> salt and vinegar yes. chips. Um <laughs> I just felt like On to the next. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I think sometimes ignorance is best. Yeah. But in saying that, I think there's still a lot of pros to being aware, but that's the con. That's the con. And thank you for keeping us on track because we are talking about <laughs> body awareness, but that is but the like, con. I think there's more pros than cons. Would you say being aware? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> let me have agree. a think. No, no, no. Let me let me have a think about it because I think that I no, I do feel that it is a very good thing. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do feel like it's a very good thing. I do feel like there are downsides though. Absolutely, lots of cons. But do you think that balance is more pros than cons, or more do you think, pros than cons? But it would depend, though, right? Like when you are yep. really emotional and you are feeling really vulnerable. Yeah, I think there's more cons in that case. Yeah. Because yeah. you put so much pressure on yourself. Because you go deeper into the spiral yeah. than someone that would be unaware. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are the times that I wish I'd never worked um, as a model or I'd never worked yeah. in the fitness industry or I'd never had an eating disorder. Those are the times where I wish that I had literally no idea what healthy eating was. <laughs> anyway, okay, la- <laughs> last thing to, yeah, I'm allergic to salad. Um, last thing to check in with in terms of what your body is communicating to you is posture. I love this. Mm. Uh, how are you sitting or standing right now? Is your posture comfortable or are there some body sensations such as pressure, stiffness or pain that suggests you need to adjust your posture. So that's a good kind of check-in. I love the, uh, we talked about it at the um, Babes Move event that we have because I love this topic, Mm. which is this feedback loop where when you change, you know, kind of uh, how much space your body takes up and how you're positioned, what kind of impact that makes on your mind. And I think that's a great one to kind of check into opening up the front of your body, relaxing your shoulders back down, um, adjusting so that there's not too much pressure in one place, that sort of thing. Oh, I think that was like one of the most powerful things that you did. I like it as a topic in that event. a lot. It's so, so yeah. important and, and I, it works. Yeah, and I love this part of yoga. I love the that certain postures evoke different kind of emotional or mental states. I just think that's so fascinating. Yeah. I love it. Love it so much. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, so that's body awareness. The second component to body intelligence. So the first up, we've got body awareness. So how connected are you to, like, internally what's actually going on? When you've got that, we move into body knowledge. And this is very similar to what scientists call health literacy. 
This is how much you know about accepted evidence-based standards and guidelines for healthy bodily functioning. Okay, what are we talking about? So um, the markers of health. So what's your awareness around sort of what a healthy weight, blood pressure, where your cholesterol needs to be at, and your blood levels of like vitamin D and vitamin um, B12. The other thing that's important here is uh, sort of your knowledge around what your body needs to make you feel healthy and increase vitality and what supports your body to thrive, including the habits of exercise, cooking and eating, relaxation, sleep and stress management. So evidence-based guidelines mm. and how you incorporate them into your life. This is one where I think also really, really important to be aware of this, to have body knowledge, but this is one where I think Maybe Shani would say this is a moment sometimes where she wishes she didn't have as much knowledge as she had because yeah. then, you know, because obviously she's got so much knowledge into the body yeah. and the science behind it that sometimes it can mean that her brain maybe goes to worst case scenario but, mm. and also because it will go through all of the different possibilities of what this could be, mm. you know, because mm. that's her job as diagnosing and seeing what's wrong with people and yeah, so I think, but this is so important, right? Like in terms of being aware of what, what, um, what health looks like, I suppose. For you, what, um, what in in that regard, the sort of like evidence based, um, you know, uh, standards and guidelines and things, is there anything that you're particularly mindful of in terms of like blood pressure, cholesterol, vitamin D, B twelve, anything think, like that? Um, I think overall, like all of it, but nothing that's, you know, like I'm, I don't check my blood pressure regularly or anything, but I kind of know that I, that I've, I think I've got a healthy blood mm. pressure, you mm. know, like I'm not too worried about that, but I've had my cholesterol checked and it was too high. And then, um, I can't remember what really happened, but I, I think my doctor put it down to like genetics because oh. my mum's got high cholesterol as well. Okay. Um, but none of us have, uh, well, I don't believe any of us are overweight, but mm-hmm. even my brother's got high cholesterol and he's not overweight either. So she's put it down to genetics um, and that she wasn't too concerned. So okay. that's what she said. Cause I remember when I got my results, I think I got them online. I was like, oh, I'm going to die soon. I'm going <laughs> to die sooner than I thought I would. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's going to be a natural death. It's going to be cholesterol that's yeah. going to kill me. No, it's all <laughs> That's, that's my over That's an annoying way to go. You know yeah, what I mean? isn't it? Like, like if you're going to go. I've tried really hard to be, <laughs> to be healthy. No one wants to <laughs> die young of cholesterol issues. <laughs> okay, I was extreme. All right, I get it. But do you know what I mean? And then I went and saw her and she was like, oh, no, that doesn't worry me at all. Because I was like, what about what about this number? Like, I'm out of the range. Like, what's going on here? Did she didn't even bring it up. Did you have to do anything differently? Or did you choose to do no. anything differently? Um, I think initially I probably did. Mm. Um but no, she. No, I didn't have to do anything um, differently. She said we don't really need to test again. But I think I asked to test again. I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. I was quite intense about mm-hmm. it. My doctor is so sweet. Um, but no, I didn't really do anything differently. I don't think. Mm. Um, but for that period, I was more aware. 
Mm. You know, because I did research, like, okay, well, what foods are going to rise? Did you avoid, like, steak and stuff like that? Yeah, like, for a while I was more mindful about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Because I was, um, oh, that was my sound, (laughs) Um, because I was aware of the fact that that wasn't good for cholesterol, Mm. you know. But, like, it's not like I eat a huge amount. Like, I don't, you know, I don't really want to go into foods right now. But anyway. Yeah, so what about you, though? <laughs> I was about to be like, oh, I don't just, like, bring a whole lot of cream into my coffee and butter and whatever. But you're French. <laughs> but cream, is that French? I feel like it is, isn't it's, it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like cream. I've never liked cream. No? Nah. The taste, I just, ugh. I don't like whipped cream. No, neither. No. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. no, I just, and I don't get it. Neither. Yeah? It's a bit, like... Like, what does it even taste like? I don't feel like it tastes like anything. And then the texture is a little bit kind of like... Like, there's nothing yum about it, right? No, I don't get Do you it. like cream, Nico? There's, like, no, there's not, like, sweet. It's not, like, but like cream and other, But cream and other things, like cream on your porridge or cream in a creamy sauce. Amazing. And porridge. Oh, do you mean, like, on in, porridge. like in, like, a... Um, like cream in a soup. Yeah, cream in a soup oh. or yeah, cream in a sauce right. or something. Yeah. Amazing, but whipped cream. Yeah, no, I don't I, get that I either. I think it goes with, like, iced coffee when you mix it because it just turns into cream, I guess. But why but does like, it need to be whipped? I don't know. I did learn <laughs> last week that if you keep whipping it, it just becomes butter. Yes. Which yes, was wild yeah. to me. I had no idea. <laughs> Nico. I love that you learned my, my girlfriend told me this last week, and I was like, wait, that's how you make butter? And she's like, what? butter is just milk? I feel like we learned this at primary school, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. So, no, 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 I'm actually not trying to be smart. I feel like, honestly, every Kiwi kid learns about cream with a little bit of salt turning to butter. Like, I think I think we did it at primary school. That's That was wild Churning, to me. Look, you yeah. didn't go to primary school in New Zealand. Well, no, no New Zealand's obsessed with dairy products. So, well, yeah. you know, because yeah, I didn't know that either no. until maybe like a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. so um, don't feel bad. <laughs> I, I don't, but maybe that's why my girlfriend gives me um, hints. <laughs> yeah, because she's like, this guy is, um, you know, onto it in lots of ways, but in some ways not so much. I'll just spell out that I want to plant, how much it is, and what how the steps is, what are. What should leave get it. work to get in there before it closes. He doesn't even know yeah. that, like, green turns to butter. Anyway. <laughs> I had like a week-long plan to convince me. Sorry, Nico, you did not come to um, produce us today to get ripped to pieces. That's all right. Did you know? Okay, so we'll we'll go back to topic, right? So third, third. So we've got call it out, Nat. We've got body, body awareness. awareness, body knowledge, but I can't remember the third. Sorry, third is body engagement. Mm. So even so, this is very interesting. Even with high levels of body awareness and knowledge, engagement does not come easily. So engagement is about doing the best thing repeatedly until you need to switch to the next best thing. It's a commitment to intelligent action based on what you need at this point in your life. Examples? Well, I would say that uh, maybe... High-intensity training, for example, Mm. is going really well for you at a certain point in your life. Mm. And then potentially you move into a phase where that impact is not feeling so good. It's having the awareness to actually 
know that you've got the awareness in your body to go that's not feeling so good. You know that it's healthy exercise, but there are also alternative forms of exercise that you could choose instead. And then having the engagement of combining those two and making choices to make that happen. Right. So the engagement is almost like a follow on from those first two. Yeah. Got it. And that even though, like I would say this happens a lot with kind of people in the fitness industry, is that you can have really good body awareness. Yes. You can have great body knowledge. Yep. But you can overtrain. Absolutely. Which means that you do not have good body engagement. 90% of them, us, of us have done it. Oh, it's a big call. (laughs) Oh, I have done it. Yeah, not currently doing it, but we've all all kind of done done it. it. Yes. Um, Anyway, yeah, so that's, that's body intelligence. Kids... That is so interesting. I actually really loved this topic. So thank you so much for researching it and for um, talking about it. Um, Do you think you've got good body engagement? No. Oh. No, sometimes. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll We'll chat about about it next week. week. Well, thank you so much. It's time to wrap up. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Please, uh, I'm going to do some of this. Like and subscribe our Spotify. And if you've got Apple Podcasts, do the same on there because it helps us reach out more people and help more people with their health and wellness. And also follow us on Instagram at babesisson. 